You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Good morning or afternoon, wherever you are. I actually have my little niece with me sitting on my leg. She's my little snuggle, snuggle bugs. Can you say hi? Hi. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> She's the cutest little thing. Um, I think she was a pretty good car napper. I can't remember actually. But she's with me because I didn't, I, I'm really bad at saying no to my nieces and she wanted to come with me. And I said, come on, you can do my podcast with me. And right now I think she's just mesmerized by the computer. Uh, I wanted to talk about just car naps. I was going to talk about Thanksgivings and relatives, but I have I have episodes on relatives and a lot of my listeners are not in the U.S. Um, just for all of you who aren't, it's actually tomorrow is Thanksgiving, the day that, you know, we make turkey and sit and eat. Uh, but something that I think might affect more people is just the idea of a car nap. And car naps can be great or they can suck. And so I wanted to like fully dive in. It's funny because I was talking to a, a, a client I'm working with and she was like, hey, how do I get him to sleep in the car? Because he just has never. So how do I get him to? And the harsh reality is that you either have a baby who will sleep in the car or a baby that's too stimulated in the car or not comfortable enough in their car seat and just will not fall asleep in the car. Both kids are great, obviously. Both have pros and cons. One of my kids would fall asleep in the car regardless of what time of day it was. He's just so comfortable. And the other one would scream in the car regardless of how tired he was and just take forever to fall asleep or just not fall asleep. So you either have a car sleeper or you don't. I'm going to turn close the door in this because I think you can hear my little twin nieces. So let's talk about the pros. One of the pros of having a car napper is that when you want to go somewhere, you can plan around it. You can say, okay, well, our doctor's half an hour away, so let's just leave right at whatever, nine, so she can sleep at nine to nine thirty and then have her doctor's appointment at nine forty. Obviously made up numbers. And so that's one of the advantages. Also, you know, car trips, road trips, going anywhere, Thanksgiving trips, you can kind of count on that car nap to reset your baby so they're not entirely overtired before bedtime. So that's a pro. If you have one of those kids, use it, love it. A lot of people reach out to me and say, I've heard, you know, moving naps are not as restorative. And there is there is research saying that, you know, when your body is in movement is not getting as restorative of sleep. But it's okay if that's how baby can nap that day, just do it. Don't don't stress about it. You know, if every single one of their naps is in a car because that's your lifestyle and that's what they have to do, just make sure bedtime is in a crib and they're getting good sleep. And of course, if they're not well rested, then change things up. Now, when does it become hard is when they've already had their naps, it's close to bedtime and they fall asleep in the car on the way home and you don't know what to do. Or when it's not nap time, but you have a great car napper, so they fall asleep in the middle of that wake window between nap one and nap two or whatever. Basically, just when you don't want them to be sleeping and they're sleeping and you're driving and there's not much you can do. When people ask me what should I do, it really just depends on how bad the situation is. <laughs> if the situation is so bad that, you know, you know if your baby has that five-minute nap, they're going to be up all night, you might just want to pull over, wake them up, give them a snack, turn on the music, whatever you can to make sure that doesn't happen. 
if you're in a position where it's going to screw their night, but you're like, whatever, I'm, I'll deal with it and then just keep driving. If you're in a position where it's like, eh, it's okay if they fall asleep, I might just have to shift things a little bit. Then you can, you know, sing with them, hand them your phone to toss around, <laughs> do whatever you can to make sure they don't fall asleep, but don't stress too much. You just have to really see what kind of baby you have. Is this five minute nap going to ruin bedtime? Is it going to make them super fussy? Is it going to just make them so annoyed they can't fall asleep? Or is it just going to have, you know, kind of reset the wake windows a little bit and you're just going to have to do something about that? Now, what do you do when you have to reset the wake windows? And here is your answer. <laughs> I did my little hand motion, but you can't see that. But so what you want to do if baby takes a nap when they're not supposed to and you can't wake them up and you can't do anything about it is, you know, just let them sleep and then calculate kind of like, okay, how long did they have when they were supposed to sleep? Okay, they were supposed to sleep in two hours, but they just fell asleep now. Okay, let's split that in half because it was just like a five, ten minute nap. So in about an hour, you just want to kind of see how they're doing. And then you think, okay, well, they were supposed to fall asleep in two hours. It's been an hour. It doesn't look tired at all. Let's make them tired. Let's move their body a lot. And then probably aim for, instead of a two hours where you were supposed to sleep, aim for another hour. So let's, I'm throwing a lot of numbers out at you, but let's say their typical schedule is they sleep nine to 10 and then they sleep one to 2.30 or whatever, but they fall asleep at 12. What you want to do is add another hour and every hour just kind of see how they're doing. So maybe they'll only sleep at two o'clock instead of at the regular one. I Again, I don't think this is so hard to do with voice, but basically double the wake window a little bit and then just kind of check in on them every, every so often to make sure they're not getting overtired. But definitely don't try to aim for the same nap if you know your baby's rather sensitive to sleep pressure being split. And how do you know that is you just, you know, try different things. I remember, I think I've talked about this before, but we would go to my mom's house and my little guy would fall asleep on like when we were arriving there. And I was like, okay, great. Let's transfer him, put him in his crib and he's going to take a nap. No, he wouldn't. And I would, we would just be in the room like with him crying, with us rocking him, trying to get him to sleep. It's like, it is your nap time. You were falling asleep in the car. What happened? You just slept like two minutes, not even. But the thing is, he's rather sensitive to that. So he would, his wake window entirely would be reset and he needed another like hour or so before he could fall asleep. Um, I didn't know that at that point. I hadn't studied anything about sleep, but now I do. And so my suggestion is, you know, they have a weird reset nap in the middle of the car. If you don't know what to do, just try for a nap and see what happens. But if they're really frustrated about it or they're just really fighting it, then don't force it. Just go outside and check in again after half an hour, after an hour. Again, I'm throwing different amounts, but it's just because it's so individualized. You know, I'm working with a mom currently right now and she came to me and her schedule was kind of all over the place and she was trying to fit him into that regular seven to seven schedule with the one nap in the middle because he's that age enough and I just, it just wasn't working. And so we worked on his schedule for just a week and I was like you know my usual talk with parents after I talk I work with them for a week because our first week is never my goal is never to have them sleeping through the night my first goal is just to understand their sleep needs so I was talking to her and I always kind of get ready for that conversation because sometimes they're like well we're still not sleeping through the night and so I have to remind parents remember our goal is not to sleep through the night the first week our goal is to understand baby and we have so I had all these points I was like hey like it's awesome now we know he only needs 11 hours we know he can't handle one nap but he only needs two naps of 40 minutes each and now we're ready to work on independent sleep 
but she wasn't even upset she was like Andrea it's just so nice to know when to do bedtime because she'd been trying to force him in the schedule that you know all her friends are on and it just was not working and she was losing her mind so she's like I know we're still waking up two three times at night but it's so nice to just be able to know when bedtime is and to not have it be like a three-hour ordeal and you know what I really relate to her because our two-year-old has taken a turn, um, but that this this conversation has taken a turn. But I do want to talk about this. Uh, my two-year-old, we moved in with her brothers because we noticed she needed someone with her all night. Bam, she was sleeping great, sleeping through the night, sleeping in, whatever. Baby girl is not a great sleeper, but she was sleeping great. Then she got a crew, like the cough. Um, awful, awful sickness. And after that, we just kind of messed with her schedules and then we went camping and then we just never reset her. (laughs) And so now she loves that she sleeps in her brother's rooms, but now she wants them to be there for bedtime. And so it's just been a whole heck of a mess at bedtime. Last night, it took like an hour to get her down. And my brain is like, I just can't, I can't think about how to fix this right now. (laughs) I'll just lay with you. And so I've just been laying in there for an hour while she plays around. Um, waiting for her brothers to come in and it's just a mess our bedtime guys it is a mess and a half right now and I don't feel like fixing it and so I've just been listening to Prince Harry's autobiography while she plays around and now my four-year-old's getting used to be being in there while he falls asleep holding his hand and I just love to hold his hand so why not anyways getting very sidetracked on let's get back on track on the car but yeah so Basically, car naps can be good. Don't avoid them just because you've heard someone tell you that movement naps are not good. But do avoid them if you have a baby who's particularly sensitive to their wake window being split and their sleep pressure being reset. But don't freak out if that happens. Just move nap time or bedtime a little bit and try. The reason I say keep trying every like half hour, every hour is because you don't want them to get overtired, which might be unavoidable if they take a nap, but just keep trying every 30 minutes to assess, okay, are you ready for a nap? Are you ready for bedtime? Yes, no. How much did your sleep pressure get pushed over? And that is it. Uh, Hopefully this was useful to a lot of you. Shout out to a dad who said he really enjoys listening to this podcast. I was talking to someone. I said, I just feel dumb sometimes just talking into a microphone by myself, staring at my brother-in-law's computer. But it's so it's really nice to get feedback and to know that you guys are out there and that my time helps you because that's ultimately what this podcast is about. Okay, well, happy Thanksgiving and I hope you sleep well this week.